Hi, welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God, He loves you, and wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. And I'm excited about that. Uh, you've already heard about getting out and voting. We're going to say some things this morning that I'm sure is going to uh, make you mad or glad. Uh, and uh, that's okay. I, I never, I, I quit for, it's funny, years ago, I was uh, in the old property down there, and I, was, I, wa- I walked up to the minister one Sunday morning, and I felt the Lord speak to my heart for a moment, and, and he said, who are you preaching for? And I thought, well, I'm, I'm preaching to the congregation. He, you got me here, I'm a pastor, I'm preaching to the people. He said, no points. I said, what do you mean no points? He says, you preach for me. If you preach for me, I'll touch the people, but if you t- preach to the people, they might not have me touch them. Oh, you're missing the point. See, when we learn to be led by the Spirit of God and not by the people, then we can touch the people. You understand what I'm saying? And we live in a society that they, everybody wants to be heard. We want the political correctness in such a dimension. They want everyone to be heard. It, but the only ones really that are allowed to be heard are the people that have been put into certain positions that they take authority. They want to shut everybody else down so that they can be heard. Unfortunately, those that are in that position today, many of them have not got a clue when it comes to hearing the word of the Lord. And what's happened to the church is we've allowed ourselves to be pulled into a system to where we no longer are the voice of the people in the community, but now we have the, if you will, the community telling the church what they can do. The church should be the leaders. It should not be the followers. It's always been that way. God has set that in motion from the beginning of time. He always had his men and women of God that would speak a word that would touch a, a community of people or a gathering of people or a city or a nation. And what's happened to us is we've gotten away from what God has to say in our nation. And when we, when we look at some of the things that we're, we're seeing today, it's, uh, it, it's, it's just amazing to me how we've been able to get as far as we've gotten. I tell you that right now. They tell us in our society today, when we look at what we're looking at, that we're seeing in our society 123 people a day committing suicide until the pandemic, and now that's doubled. But see, we've shut everybody up. We've kept them inside. The people are struggling emotionally and all those things. They, they've, been, they've been locked down. They don't know how to deal with it. Suicide rate has doubled. Drug deaths have gone up. 2018, there were 70,000 drug deaths, 130,000 a day due to accidental overdoses. That was in 2018. They say that number has gone up considerably now, 30, 40%. We have 40 million people that are on food stamps. We have single income of $15,684 for a single parent. And we have a family of four in, almost in poverty at $31,980. We have homeless, 17 out of 10, every 10,000, we have a homeless person. Poverty, we have 43.1 million people that are in poverty and nearly over 100 million that are on the verge of poverty in our nation today. We have 13.6 million single parents. 80% of them are single moms in our society today. 
We're seeing abortions, 125,000 a day. Planned Parenthood, 332,757 in 2018 alone. But that's not the sad part. To all of our people of color, you have had right now over 20 million black children have been aborted. If you take the 20 million and add to your numbers today, where would our black community be if they were doubled in size? You want a voice at the table? You want a voice at the Then you better start looking at what's happening to Planned Parenthood and what they've done in our nation today. We don't want to talk about the elephant in the room, but sometimes you will. And trust me, I'm going somewhere today with, with the message we're going, to, we're going to move into. But I think it's very important that as we look at these things, that we, we really get real with it and understand that if we're going to vote today, who are we going to vote for? And that's the question. See, if we're coming out of quarantine, then we're going to have to make sure that when we come out, we don't bring with us all the things that kept us, in, if you will, incarcerated. My Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm not a judge or jury. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to say this is what the Word of the Lord is saying to us today. Our society today has become a godless society. Our society today, it, it's amazing to me when you get up and you're going to say a pledge of allegiance to the flag and take out one nation under God. There's a problem with a nation that can't even recognize there is a God. It's important we begin to realize something that is a church today, that if we don't stand up and be counted, then God will never be heard. Because whether you like it or not, we are the voice of God in the nation in which he lived. He uses us to bring forth the oracles from his word so that people's lives can be transformed and changed. So hope can be given to the hopeless. Dreams can become real. Futures can be made. And our society can be healed. That's who we are as the people of God, as the children of God. We're going to have to take some responsibility and stop playing the game. We, we, we understand the church has lost its significance in society. One of the great German pastors made this statement. He said in 1943 how it was possible for church to sit back and let Hitler seize absolute power. His answer, it was the teaching of a cheap grace. A cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross and grace without Jesus Christ. And that's what we've done in the church. We've told people it's okay. You've got Jesus, it's good. You can do anything you want to because you've got Jesus. I heard a statement the other day that almost fell off my chair. The statement was made by Steve Harvey. He said, I'm just an entry-level Christian. And he was talking about a situation that somebody said, how would you handle that? He said, see, you're probably about a 10 or 12-level Christian, so you wouldn't do what I would do. But I'm an entry-level Christian, and even though I'm an entry-level Christian, I'll, 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 I'll go to heaven just like you will. Too bad he doesn't know his Bible. He might squeak in the door, but he's going to suffer loss. The Bible says that if you build upon the, any other foundation but Jesus Christ, he said when the fire comes, what you build is hay, wood, and stubble, and it'll be done away with. It said that you will, you will be saved, but you will suffer loss. I don't want to be an entry-level Christian. I want to be who God's called me to be. 
The problem with the church, though, is we tried to make that entry-level Christianity thing and the levels of Christianity based upon what we will do or what we don't do. And the reality is it has nothing to do with what you think is sin. It has everything to do with your obedience to Christ. It's amazing to me that we will penalize people that are struggling in drug addiction and alcoholism and, and we'll, we'll penalize the, the, the prostitute and we'll penalize the liars because we know they're all wrong. But we don't go to the other where it says, he that knoweth to doeth good and doeth it not, it is sin. Whew. See, we don't put that sin there. We, we put that sin over here, see, because I don't always do what I know is good. But you see, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a drug addict or I'm not a, a drug pusher. Well, I had to do this. The last time I looked, sin, sin. Let me help you with sin. Anything that will separate you from the presence of God. I'm not your judge or jury. I, I can't stand it when people look at somebody and wants to judge them. I hate that. You see the way they're dressed. You see the way they talk. You see, forget that nonsense. I'm not their judge or jury. He says you can know them by their fruit. In other words, I can know what their, their attitude and their aspirations are by the fruit they produce, but I'm not their judge or jury. Christians have got to quit. We need to take off the robes of judgment and put on the robes of reconciliation. It's time to realize that if we're coming out of quarantine, do not come out the way that you were in. Can't come out the way that I was in there. And don't get me wrong, I've had some great years through my life. But at this stage of my life, I was thinking today, you know, I was up this morning at 4.30 and I was kind of going through some things today and just meditating and talking to the Lord. And I began to think about it. You know what, guys? Every day is real important to me right now. I don't know where some of you are in life right now, but I'm 70 years old. And at 70 years of age, I don't have a guarantee so when I woke up this morning, I made sure I didn't do stupid stuff and waste my time because I don't have any time to waste at this stage of my life. Every moment's got to count. And Christianity has got to be lived in such a fashion that every moment with Christ counts. Wherever we go and whatever we do. We know that in Psalms 133. We can put that up on the screen. He says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Let me caution you right here. Unity is not uniformity. Come here, Sean. Got a couple questions for you. This is my son. Y'all know that, right? Doesn't he look good? Offer me. <laughs> Even the hairline, whatever it was. Whatever it was. <laughs> it went back so far, I started just shaving the whole head. Question. Abundant life, what is our theme? Reaching our world with life. Okay. And what are, what are our, our statements that we make to people to let them know? God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. I see. And uh, what, are, what are our core values? Love, honor, serve, and give. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, we're in agreement on that, right? We're in unity on that, right? But we certainly are not uniform. <laughs> you can sit down. <laughs> Think with me a minute. Does it matter that we're not cookie cutter? That's what Christianity is all about. Come on, folks. 
It, it doesn't matter. Right, Reese, come here. I rest my case. I like the jacket, though, by the way. Some of you don't, but I do. But that's just me. Do you believe in Jesus? Did you receive him into your heart? You to believe in the word of God. And you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you speak in tongues? Wow. Well, I do all those things, too. There's one difference. See, I know what you're thinking, black and white. No, tall and short. Get, it, get your program together. See, I know where some of you are coming from. You know why you thought that? Because that's our society. Oh, come on, stay with me, folks. We're going somewhere today. We're coming out of the quarantine. I said, we're coming out. We've been held inside long enough. We're not going back. We're going forward. I almost wish I could preach the new word of the Lord. I, well, I'm not going to, Sean. But he says, when we dwell together in unity, not uniformity, for brethren who dwell together in unity, it is like the precious oil of the head upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessings of life forevermore. When we dwell in unity, not uniformity, but unity, God commands the blessings of life forevermore. We live in a world system that we're in right now that when we look at it, and I jotted these things down, and again, I'm repeating myself from over the last few weeks to a degree. But we understand that our spirituality has become confused. We've, we've mixed up the philosophical approach to the world system to our spirituality and who we are in Christ. You see, it doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter if I'm on a plane, I'm on a golf course. It doesn't matter if I'm at a movie or in a restaurant. It doesn't matter if I'm in my home or I'm sitting in church. I still am who God says that I am. My spirituality is not in question. It doesn't matter if somebody agrees with me or doesn't agree with me. It doesn't matter even if I mess up. It doesn't change the fact that I'm still a child of God. But we're confused in our society because our idea of spirituality has gotten so diluted. And it's only brought up by those who do not want to believe in being with God and letting God run their lives. And it's brought up in the way they'll throw it in our face when you call yourself a Christian. You've heard me tell the story. I, I was with someone and they made that statement to me. And they said, said I, I, I disagreed with them. And I said, I'm not doing this. And, I, and you're wrong. And uh, they came back again. I said, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen. They said, and you call yourself a Christian. I said, what would you know about Christianity? You are not one. Don't sit there and say who you think I am when you don't know who you are. So I don't get offended at people anymore about that. Because you see, I'm not confused about my spirituality. I know who my God is. I, I know what he's done for me. I know what my relationship is. Then we look at our society and it's called us to move into the, to the, 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 the if you will, the area of division. We see it in our year as we went into all this racial conflict. 
I've been so brokenhearted, not because of the reason you think. It breaks my heart that born-again Christians, red, yellow, black, or white, can allow this nonsense to come into the church and separate you from one another. My relationship to you is not about my color or your color. My relationship to you is not about anything other than you are a child of God and I am a child of God and the issue is settled. I'm not going to be divided. Whether I agree with something. Listen, I've had people come to me during this time and I didn't agree with their approach to it. And others have come to me and changed my approach to it because they gave me insight and understanding I knew not of. But I could do that because I refused to allow what somebody else said to be so offensive to me that I get angry and separate myself from them. God did not call us to separation. He called us to unity. Division is not a part of the vocabulary of the kingdom of God. We're all one in Christ. Politics. This, this is the most important election our nation has ever seen. And I've got to sit here and talk about personalities. I've got to talk about whether I like Donald Trump and his attitude and the way he tweets and the way he talks and all of this stuff. Or I've got to talk about Joe Biden who forgets what town he's in. Don't take that. Don't go. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm trying to get across something here. God didn't call me to sit here and viscerate the people that are running for the highest office in the land. He called me to look at the issues and vote for that principle which lines up with who I say that I am. We forget that what we do today in treating any of these men and women running for office it opens the door for the others that come behind us that disagree with us to do the same thing. We're in a sad state of being in our nation today. We need to be praying for our political leaders. And we need to quit fighting with one another and we need to come together that we might be, listen, we might not like somebody the other one likes, but let's look at the principles. Are the principles lined up with what we say we believe? See, that's the key cannot be a part of a group that believes that abortion is okay. Cannot be a part of a group that believes you can abort a baby all the way up to the time of birth. Can't be a part of a group that when they pass their legislation in New York City and they are in the state of New York, they stand up in the government place where they were voting and they begin to clap and celebrate that you can abort babies up to the third trimester. I thought to myself, how far do we have to go? When do I have to say as a child of God, oh, that's okay because they don't like Trump, so I'm going I'm to support them. I'm going to hate somebody so much I give up what I know is right? I don't think so. I can't support someone who doesn't believe in God. I can't support for someone who takes God off the platform. I can't support someone who doesn't believe in the family. I can't, it doesn't mean that I don't love, I do. I, listen, God is not angry at the homosexual, he's angry at homosexuality. See, that's the thing they don't get because we as Christians haven't lived it. 
We've allowed, instead of being angry at what's wrong, we've been angry at the people who've been caught up with what's wrong. If we're coming out of quarantine, we're going to have to change the way we look at people and talk to people and treat people. I'm not your judge and I'm not your jury. I am your salvation line. God has called me to preach the gospel and so that you can find that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Oh, look at a person next to you and say, glad we're here today. <laughs> when you go to the polls and vote, don't you dare vote personality. Don't be in uniform and uniformity and forget the principles by which you are called as a child of God to be. My Bible says when the righteous are in authority. I said when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. We vote for what's right. I, you know, and even sometimes, you know, someone said to me once, they said, well, how could, how could you even think about considering the president to be reelected? I said, I don't know, but God considered using a donkey to speak once. Don't limit God because you don't have the ability to believe that God can use anyone. The principle. Look at everybody. Look at the next to is a principle. See, if you're lined up with the principle, I believe God can use you. And I don't know how to tell some of you this. Because I do love you. But some of you I can't hang out with. We don't fit. So well, you're my pastor. I know. I'll pray with you. I'll cry with you. I'll stand with you through the difficult times. I'll walk with you through the storms. But I'm not playing golf with you. I'm not going to dinner. Not because I don't love you. It's just that we, we listen, we've got the same principles, but we have a little different idea about what makes us happy in life. Is there anything wrong with that? I've got some friends that are in ministry, and I've invited them to a couple of events that we go to, fundraisers and things for our golf thing, and they go, we'd never play golf. Oh, okay. So we don't hang out, except we go to certain meetings and stuff. Why? Because we don't have, in the natural, that commonality. But, but yet, when it comes to the things of the kingdom, we're right on. See, Christians have got, if you're coming out of quarantine, you better learn to get along getting along. You're going to have to learn to make the right choices if you're going to come out of quarantine. And you, Listen, when they left Egypt, watch this now. When they left Egypt, it said, according to the book of Psalms, there was not one sick person amongst them, not one feeble person amongst them. And they all had, had literally broken Egypt because they went to them and said, can we have everything that is owed us from the past? And, and they gave them all of their gold and all of their jewelry. It says that they literally bankrupt the nation in one day. They were walking in riches. They were walking in health. And everything was good. There was only one problem. They took a mixed multitude with them and because of a mixed multitude what should have taken them less than a week took them 40 years to get into the promised land come on turn to somebody and say principles see you make your choice on principles you don't, you don't make it on personality fascinating thing we see our 
economy has been devastated because of a virus. We've allowed a virus to dictate to us. Someone said the other day, they said, you know, a virus doesn't recognize rich or poor. It doesn't recognize color. It doesn't recognize gender. It doesn't really recognize age, although if you're young, you can handle it better than the older ones. But the reality is we've allowed the virus to tell every one of us what we can do, what we can't do, where we can go, where we can't go. And it's time we came out of quarantine and said, virus, no more. You say, are you telling us not to wear a mask? No, I'm not telling you not to wear a mask. Wear your mask. I'm saying use wisdom, but do not allow the virus to stop it. It's time that you, if you're going to get out of quarantine, then you're going to have to get out. I was with someone the other day. They walked in my office and they had their mask on. I said, would you like me to put a mask on while we talk? Why would you do that? Because I was showing respect to them. You know what they did? They took their mask on and said, thank God I'm in a place I don't have to wear this thing. We think it's foolish. We're a funny people. We're supposed to be children of the Most High God. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. But not allowing anything or anyone but Jesus Christ controlling the steps that we take in life. It's time we came out of quarantine. It's time we came out of quarantine with our finances. I'm always amazed. I'm talking to people today, and we're going to start getting some testimonies up here. But I am totally just blown away at how many people in our congregation, they're having the biggest year of their life right now. Of course, that was the prophetic word the latter part of the year. It was going to be that year of prosperity. We're going to close out prospering. That is setting the standard for the next 10 years. And, and, I, and I'm having them come to me from every walk of life. From, from being involved in, in, in sales to people that are being involved in, in, uh, in banking business, people that are involved in, in legal business. They're saying, we've got so much business, we don't know what to do. I mean, I was talking to a, a person the other day. I'm, I'm having my, my, my storm shutters put on my house. and I had to order those things, and they're going to come out and put them up on the thing. And, and, and I'm talking to the guy, and I said, well, how long do you think we, before I can get it? He said, it's going to take at least two months. I said, why two months? He says, I've got 100% more work this year than I had last year. He says, the problem is they won't let me keep enough workers in there to get it all done because we've got to stay social distance in our, in our, in our factories. He says, but we're making money hand over fist, Bishop. You say, well, I'm not making any money. Well, it's time you got out of quarantine. The word of the Lord, we gave it out last week. This is a season. Mark this down. What you do with this season is going to determine your next 10 years. We don't want to hear that. But God sovereignly gave us that. And everything he gave us New Year's Eve of this year has come to pass. Why would I not believe that? Right down to when he gave us, and if you remember that evening, I stood up here and said, in March, all hell's going to break loose. It will not be of God. We will go through the fire, but will not be burnt. Our faith will keep us. And guess what happened in March? Here comes our friend, Kovic. Instead of putting him in the doghouse, we let him in our house. We shut down the church. You wonder what happened to our nation? You shut your churches down. You shut your voices down. I was talking to someone the other day. I was talking to a political person the other day. They still are in their house. And I go, you're supposed to be representing uh, in, in, in uh, 
Fort Lauderdale, you're supposed to be representing the people. And they said, oh, we're not coming out until all this thing is cleared up. I said, you're never getting out. You're never going to get out. Why? Because you refuse to do what you know in your heart that you should be doing. You let someone else tell you what to do. And the whole time you're doing it and in your heart you're going, I, I know this. Here's what I get. I hope it works. Well, if, you, if you're saying I hope it works, that means you know it's not going to work. You're just going through the process. It's going to work because God's still on the throne. And when the church starts getting back and they start being heard and they start praying their prayers and they are offering up their praise and worship and taking authority in their cities. When we at Abundant Life take authority over demonic spirits and powers over the city of Margate, Margate's going to thrive like you've never seen before. This man is going to do what you never thought possible because there's a church that's praying and believing God for supernatural insight and wisdom on your behalf. And no, I didn't know he was going to be here today. God spoke to me and said, we're weighed in the balance this year. We're weighed in the balance. We look over in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's turn over there if we would, please. And I want to read a couple of verses for you. Because I believe that we're in a place that we have to choose how we're going to handle the challenge. We're going to have to choose how we're going to handle the challenge. But in the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 30, we find that, that God is dealing with the children of Israel. They've gone through their problems. They've gone through their mixed multitudes. They've gone through their, their, their conflicts, if you will, with what God had originally spoken to them. They, they've been struggling with this. And God, God comes to them, and he makes a statement to them that is so powerful. And he says in, in chapter 30, in verse 14 and 15, But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. I say that because God gave us the word of the Lord. We gave everyone that wanted, and you can get it today also, they have them out front, copies of the word of the Lord last week. So you can't say, how are we going to hear from God? The word is very near you. It should be in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Life and good, death and evil. In that I command you today to love, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that you may live and, and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. What did he say? Keep my word in your heart, and no matter what circumstance you face, I will bless you. Either we believe God is or we don't believe he is. I'm tired of talking about a God that nobody knows about. I'm tired of hearing about a God that nobody experienced. I'm tired of hearing people talk about God like he's a history lesson. God is real. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is here in this place right now. He said, I will dwell in you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you let me, I will come in. He said, but if your heart turns away to that, you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I announce to you today that you shall surely perish and you shall not prolong your days in, in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today, my Lord. I'm calling heaven and earth as a witness as to who, who, what you're about to do. 
I want you to get a hold of this a minute. Heaven and earth is going to testify to how you handle things. Frightening. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is, is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. Choose you this day. We go over to the book of 1 Kings chapter 18. As we turn there, we find a, a story that is unfolded. We find that there's been a, been a breach in nature and, the, and rain has not been falling at all because the children of God have not been serving God and doing what was right and God's withheld the rain. We find that God comes to the man of God and he says, go to the king Ahab, who is him and his wife Jezebel is part of the problem why they're having it, but go tell them that I'm going to send rain. You need to go back and read the word of the Lord. Go tell them, I'm going to send rain. Why? Because when the rain comes, all the problems are solved. Oh, my God. See, when you learn to make the right choices, when you're willing to take the challenge and make the right choice in the midst of the storm, it's amazing how God shows up every time. But we're weighed in the balance. I believe as a nation right now, we are weighed in the balance going into this year. We're weighed in the balance going into this election on Tuesday. That's the reason I keep hammering the fact that you better be voting righteous in principles and, and, and you cannot support that which is ungodly. You cannot support a platform that denies God, a platform that denies life itself, a platform that doesn't care about anyone or anything when it comes to the things of God. They want to shut our churches down. They want to break up our homes and our families. They want to take over everything we've got because they think they know better. Well, I got news for you. I have a God in heaven who knows a lot more than you ever thought of knowing. So he gets with Ahab, and when he sees Ahab, he's bringing good news. <laughs> Ahab saw Elijah and said to him, is that you, O troubler of Israel? One translation said, is that you, the prophet, that's caused the problem in our name? See, here's the problem. When you preach righteousness, people who don't want to live righteous cause you a problem. Because when you get around them, they don't like it. When you live right, people who don't live right don't want to be around you because it makes them feel bad. And so here he comes with a message, and so now he challenges the prophet of God. And he puts all the blame, you know, it's all the blame. Church is meeting, it's all the blame. The virus is spreading across America because you're, 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 you're not practicing being separate. You, you shouldn't go to church and, and, and we can't sing our songs. And you know, I got a friend that's over in, in, down in, in uh, California. Hey, they told him, if you worship, we're going to find you $1,000 a person. What? Because when you worship, it releases the virus. You know, I thought when I worship, it released the presence. But that's what you have in the world. I'm not saying deny science. What I am saying is you better use some wisdom. 
We've gone crazy in our country. And it has nothing to do with nothing but politics. It has nothing to do with nothing but total control. And if the church doesn't become the church, they're going to take over. No one can stop this because this is not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. Mark it down. It's spiritual. And we're going to either make a decided statement for our future this week in voting or we're going to let someone else tell us what our future is going to look like. And I've made up my mind. I, I, I've, well, I've already cast my vote. My wife and I went and we cast our votes. And I voted righteous. I voted for life. I voted for the family. I voted for the church. I, I voted for what's right for my community. And so he challenges Elijah. In Elijah, in verse 21, he says this. He came to all the people that had been gathered, and he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people, as much like the church today, refuse to answer. Why are we so afraid to tell people what we think? Why are we so afraid to tell somebody you don't believe in certain things? Years ago, my daughter was, uh, she was born, it took her a couple of years to get some hair. She was just not much hair. And we go places and think, oh, is that a boy or girl? Is that a boy or girl? I said, I'm done. We're going to put earrings in her ears. Now today, it don't matter because guys are wearing earrings. But back then, it worked. <laughs> well, it is, it's changed. Someone said, what do you think about men wearing earrings? I, well, they wore it in the biblical days. What do I care? Why are we so hung up with dumb stuff? I don't know. You got an earring. Oh, really? Don't go back to Solomon's day. Now, that was, a, that was a fashion statement. But anyway, don't get me started on that. <laughs> we look at this. I want you to see something here. We're at a position right now in our decisionary process that is going to determine who we are. Listen to what he said. He said to him, how long will you falter? The word falter there is, how long will you skip over? How long will you hesitate? How long are you going to limp and act like a lame man when it comes to making decisions? Boy, that sounds like the church, doesn't it? When are we going to stand up and be heard? This lady says to me, she says, my daughter's sitting there with her, she thought I forgot it, earring. My wife already, I said, how she thinks, I already got her. And I'm sitting there, my wife's somewhere, and she's sitting there. The lady comes and says, oh, is that, that's your little girl? I said, yes, it is. I'm so proud of her. Look at her, she's so cute. Looks just like her mom. And someone said, does that bother you? I said, no, she, I married her mom. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> People are funny, aren't they? And she says, uh, no, it's just too sad. I said, what's that? That, you know, you didn't give her a chance to decide whether she wanted her ears pierced or not. And I don't know what it was. I had an epiphany all of a sudden, and I looked at her. And I said, do you support the women's right to abort? She says, certainly I do. I believe a woman has control of her own body. I said, why don't you leave me alone? 
I'm just piercing the ear. You're killing them. Don't judge me. Well, I said, yes. Because you see, how long are we going to skip over? How long are we going to limp and act lame when it comes to standing up for what is righteous and what is right? Let me tell you something, church. It's time the church became the church. And I'm not talking about the sloppy agape stuff. I'm not talking about the so holy stuff that you're more heavenly minded than any earthly good. I'm talking about the reality of it all. Dealing with things the way they are and being, being scriptural about it and not being religious about it. How long are you going to skip over, hesitate, limp, and act like a lame man on making a decision? You're, you're double-minded is what he's saying. He's, you're, he says on this opinion that you need to make here, this decision uh, between these two opinions. You're divided in your mind. One translation says you're not only divided, but you're, you're, your ambivalence is showing. And that's where the church is. Well, I don't know if I should do that. Well, I don't know if I should do that. I don't know if I should come on Sunday. I don't know if I should come on Wednesday. I don't know if I should do this. Do I wear the mask or I don't wear the mask? Do I still come to church? Well, I can't come to church because I'm afraid because you know what's going on, but I'll see you at Walmart. You know what's funny to me? Of course, this just made genuine. Y'all better come back over here because I could really get in a lot more stuff in a month. You know what's funny to me? I was at the bank the other day. Anybody ever use ATMs? Anybody here besides me? You know, that's how I get my money. I told you that last week. My wife wouldn't give me any, so I just take my, yeah, I get my own money. I'm standing there. Everybody, I mean, everybody is standing six feet apart. Of course, some say three, some say ten. I don't know. I just stand. <clears throat> Little lady goes up there, mask on. She's, like, she's, she's just very careful looking at everybody. And she even turned to one lady and said, Yes, what is she doing? She leaves. The other lady goes up, leaves. My turn comes, I go, wait a minute. I don't know where these ladies have been. They had their masks, but where have their hands been? Their hands are all over those buttons. We were in, in, in Publix the other day, and I'm walking down the aisle. And I, I, I don't get me started on that either. But anyway, I'm walking down the aisle. There's this, there's this guy. He goes, and I'm walking by, going, I don't want that. There's somebody in an ice cream thing getting ice cream out and pushing things around. But we can't come to church and worship our God. But we can handle what everybody else has handled ten times over, not knowing where they've been. We're a funny people. If we're coming out of quarantine, we better start acting a little more like a people of faith rather than a people of fear. How long are we going to let our ambivalent attitude 
so rule us that nobody knows what we believe anymore. Again, I'm not saying be foolish. I'm not saying be ignorant or dumb. I'm not saying go out and do dumb things. I love some of you, but, you know, this is not the time for great hugging and kissing. Wisdom. I know I'm messing some of you up because you all go out the hallway. You hug everybody, kiss everybody, slop on everybody. Again, I'm just saying, you know, certain things, you want to use some wisdom, right? But let's not be so foolish that we forget who we are. I'm more concerned about being politically correct than I am about being a child of God. I'm more concerned about saying what other people want me to say so I won't have to put up with their argument than I am about proclaiming, thus saith the word of the Lord. I'm more concerned about me being quarantined than being a witness. But my, my, my Bible says that I am the salt and I am the light of the world. My, my Bible says I'm going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. My, my, my Bible says forsake not the assembling of yourselves together in these last days as we see them approaching. My Bible says, if I can get together in unity there, the blessings of God will be released upon my life forevermore. The Bible says, I can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. My Bible says that we shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh. Worship him and he comes into our presence and he's with us. Wouldn't it be great if our church could get in such unity coming out of quarantine that anybody who walked through the doors with the virus, the virus would say, excuse me, I can't go in there. You say, I don't believe that. Well, then that's fine. But I know what my Bible says. I'm really crazy enough to believe it'll work. Because I've seen too much. See, I, I, you're a little late to the game when you tell me God doesn't do stuff like that. We've seen cancer healed. We've seen blind eyes open. I've seen people raised from the dead. Been there, done that. You say, no, no, I was there. And I was one of them. Kind of hard when, when you die and come back to life and they go, oh, God, don't do that. Well, don't tell me. I'm living the dream, baby. <laughs> 20 years ago, I'm living the dream. I'm still living the dream. Don't tell me. When you stop allowing the culture to quarantine you, John, stand here. Reese, stand here. I'm in unity. I don't care if he is taller than me. When he gets to heaven, I'll be taller. <laughs> I'm in unity, even though he dresses different than me. And I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm just trying to point something out here. He's white, he's black. I don't know what I am. <laughs> I don't, I, I, our, our genealogy is, is so weird. 
go back and look. I, I got so much in me that I, I'm really, I, I'm probably I'm just a mutt. But that's in the natural. But in the supernatural, I know who he is, and I know who he is. Jenya, I know who she is. But she's female. No, she's a child of God. I know who she is. I can't deal with her based as a female because then I have to get into the politically correct things of the world. I deal with her as a child of God, which gives honor and service to her for who she is. Come on, stay with me on this, people. You understanding what I'm saying? My Lord, I got a Brazilian sitting here. I got a Jamaican sitting here. Give me a break. And all, all due respect, I have a, a mayor sitting here. And then I have somebody else that uh, uh, works in our church that is a, he's, he's a trash collector. I don't know. Who, I, I can't judge him based on anything other than a child of God. But here's the thing, when they, know, when, they know, when they know that you are no longer living in the quarantine and you're going to live based upon who God says that you are, then you never have to worry about what I'll ever do or say to you because you know that I'll never be divided from you because my relationship is not based upon whether we are in uniformity. It's based upon the fact that we're in unity in the kingdom of God. What happens to us as we go out of this season, getting ready to the new season, if we dare to step out of quarantine? And when we step out, watch this now. When I step out of quarantine, I'm in unity. What happens? What happens? Because there, God commands the blessing of life forevermore. Because we might like things differently. We might do things differently, except when it comes to the kingdom. But in the kingdom, we are one. I've lived my life never to be a judger of people. It's cost me through the years. Because it seems like I'm always taking up for people that other people don't like. Because I never see people for their failures. I see people for their possibilities. My purpose is help people discover their success. And it comes in all shapes and sizes. Thank you for listening. We trust that the message you have heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry and resources, or to show your continued support, we invite you to log on to AbundantLife.tv.